And welcome to The Real Money Show. You know the number by now to start investing. Very simple, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, you can click on the e-store in the top right corner to start investing from home. You can use your RRSP, TFSA, and all kinds of different uh, secured funds to, to start investing. We'll have more details on that later in the show. I know Jeremy and Paul want to expand on that uh, as well. Want to mention this seminar coming up. There's still some room for this one happening from 7 to 9 p.m. on September 30th. The place is Young and Finch, the Quest Trade headquarters. You've got to sign up for this one before the space gets full. So go to uh, guildhallwealth.com for more details on how to sign up and get your spot Locked in for that one. And guys, in just a bit, we will get to, and we are thrilled to have David Morgan back on the show, a world-renowned precious metal guru, back in The Real Money Show. He'll we'll be uh, talking at length after our uh, probably our third, uh, second, third, and fourth segment of the show today. So we're looking forward to that. But you've, you've, you've dug out this amazing, amazing statistic, Paul, and we often talk about, you know, the $18 trillion of debt that the states has. Everyone's, well, how much money is that? If I stack it up or look at it, how much is it? Nobody understands what $18 trillion looks like. Right. Um, in actual fact, Obama uh, has increased in the last basically six years the debt by $12 trillion. It was at $6 trillion. Good job. But let me give you an idea what a trillion dollars really looks like. Not 18, just a trillion. Just a trillion. Okay. Uh, if you were around in when Jesus was born, as an example, right. and you spend a million dollars a day. Okay. A million dollars a day. That's a lot of money back 2,000 odd years ago. A lot ago. of money now. But... A million dollars a day, you still wouldn't have paid off that trillion dollars. That's one trillion. That's one. Since Jesus was born, a yeah. trillion dollars a day. No, you spend a million dollars a day. A million dollars a you day. Couldn't, you couldn't have spent the trillion. It's a lot of communion. So how in the world is the U.S. going to pay off $18 trillion that they owe? Um, the biggest holder of treasuries, uh, people believe it's China, it's mm-hmm. Japan, it's the Fed. So it's the right hand giving to the left hand. So you wonder why they would ever raise rates on themselves. Well, (laughs) uh, that's one of the things. I mean, last week we recorded the show early Thursday before uh, the Fed chairman, chairperson, um, said that there was going to be no interest rates. Uh, That affected the stock market. It affected the European stock markets. It affected definitely China's markets. Um, gold and silver moved up nicely on that report because if there's no interest, if there's no interest, gold and silver always goes up. Right. It's it's a hard asset. It's been around since biblical times, and the ratio between gold and silver in biblical times was 16 pieces of silver to one piece of gold. Right. So in fact, that's 16 ounces of silver to one ounce of gold. We're trading right now at a ratio of about 75 to one. And Jeremy spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've been, a couple of times we've been back in 1979-80, the ratio went back to 16 to 1. Silver was at $2 and went to $50. Gold was, you know, in the in the range and went to about $880, but silver was trading at $52. So there's the 16 to 1 right. ratio. We believe, and I'm going to make uh, a little bit of a statement here, that I think silver by the end of this year could easily hit $20, possibly more. I'm looking for $1,300 gold. I think it's very, very easy to get to these numbers. Most of the currencies around the world, of every one of these currencies have depreciated against the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is the best house on the worst street. It's as simple as that. Why should their dollar be so strong? I had a conversation with my wife yesterday, and she was, I was trying to explain about oil. 
oil is $45 a barrel US. What the US government has done is made put more money in everybody's pocket by keeping the price of gasoline down. They've increased car sales because would you be buying an SUV or a pickup truck if oil was $100 or $150 a barrel? The answer is no. It's a false economy. So what I'm looking at is silver and gold to move up is very undervalued. One of the things I'm also looking at is the back orders of gold and silver right now. We've been back ordered since July 13th on a lot of product from the Royal Mint. 10-ounce bars, impossible to get. One-ounce maple leaves, silver maple leaves, impossible to get. 100-ounce bars, you can go to the largest bank that sells gold and silver. Uh, they have got out of stock on 100-ounce bars. We've been able to fill our orders because of the amount of product we buy. But I've got something from a, an article today from the demand on gold and silver, and there is premiums. Now, they're charging, as an example, this is just gold alone. Uh, Perth Mint Bars, 3.75%, 3, 3 and there's a few in stock. General Gold Bars are up 4% as a premium. That's not including commissions or spreads. That's just a premium. If you're looking at Buffaloes, for example, Gold Buffaloes are up 5%. Gold sovereigns are up 8.5%. These are premiums. This is what they're just upping the price. Silver bars generic, and this is the, the crazy one. This is even, it may not even be LBMA approved. That's the London Bullion Market Exchange. 9.5% premium on average. Delivery uh, anywhere from four to eight weeks. Uh, 1,000 ounce bars is a premium of 5.5%. Silver eagles. U.S. Mint, 35% premium. That's what you're paying for Silver Eagles. And Silver Maple Leafs, as much as 25% premium. What does that tell you when paper is being traded and silver's trading as we speak today and we're recording this show at around about 1 o'clock on Thursday? Silver's trading at 15.16 and gold is $1,153. I really, really believe that these prices are going to go because there is just no product out there. Now, at Guildhall, we offer physical product. We don't sell paper. We don't sell ETFs. We're not in the equity business. We're definitely not in certificates, which is paper again. We don't sell futures or options and futures. It's just the physical product. You can go to our e-store, go to our website, guildhallwealth.com. Right-hand corner, you can buy physical gold, silver. It's available to you to take home. You can put the product in our safe, secure depository where the product is allocated to you. Uh, again, we try to have a minimum amount where it's a 500-ounce silver account to put into the depository. And we're actually offering all new clients till the end of December no storage fee. Now, the storage fee is 1.3% a year, which is around about one-tenth of 1% 1 a month to store and insure your product. You can't get insurance that cheap. It's insured with Lloyds of London. The other thing that we offer, which we've been doing dynamite business, and I've got to congratulate all the clients that put their money into a TFSA or an RRSP this week and last week because you bought, price, you bought product at a great price. That's the first thing. Um, but it's a safe, secure, and we're partners on this. Uh, the custodian is Questrade. And we have a seminar coming up, John. Why don't you give the information out on that? 
Yeah, September 30th is the date of that seminar, Young and Finch, from uh, 7 to 9. You want to go to guildhallwealth.com to register for that before all the seats are taken. Information well, you're going to want to need, right? Yeah, and the seats are virtually taken. So right. if you know, if we do get overbooked, uh, we are going to be putting on another seminar. But again, it's very, very hard you know, to book the times and get everybody in. The thing that we're excited about, myself and Jeremy, is the Argyle Tender. Oh, yes. Now, this is from Rio Tinto. Uh, we have been invited. It's to, that time again already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we've been invited to New York. Um, it's a special invite um, to view the Tender Diamonds. There's about 55, 60 diamonds this year. Um, there's only about 10 or 11 VS quality. Mm. Um, we have a, a – Nicole has put together um, – some information on the Argyle product and the Argyle tender, and we have some Argyle diamonds on our website that are just absolutely stunning. But we expect on this tender uh, the prices to go through the roof. Right. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about about this report that Nicole's put together because anyone who's been listening to the show for a while knows we keep talking about this this Argyle Argyle, and then we talk about the tender. We talk about the tender. This report tells you about what the impact it has for investors, how connoisseurs approach this uh, Argyle tender, what's in what's in it this year, what the expectations are. So wh- how this really affects the overall, not only the diamond market, but specifically the pink diamond market and how if, if you're looking at an alternative way to invest your funds, how this could impact your portfolio in a very positive way. Well, the other thing is as well, there's a huge auction coming up. November the 10th, at Christie's. Um, this is in actually in Geneva. And they've got a pink vivid diamond. It's the size of a postage stamp. That's huge, right? Yeah. That's well, huge, right? Yeah, they're expecting to bring, it's actually 16 carat, 16.0 carat. So, yes, um, it's big. It's, Especially it's, for pink diamonds, yeah. that's massive. For a pink. But the estimated they, they're going to bring is $28 million mm. US. Um, the fancy vivid grading means that the hue is the purest and the strongest saturation. Um, the color is even and shows no trace of secondary colors. Now, some pink diamonds have hues of orange and brown or gray or purple. There's nothing wrong with a purposely pink. Trust me, it's a great, great diamond. Um, but this diamond is a pure pink. Um, Christie's described the seller as a U.S. client who purchased it about 10 years ago as an investment. Uh, they're going to make a ton of money on this. A smaller 8.72 carat diamond, the same shape and fancy vivid pink grade, sold for 15 million, almost 16 million in Geneva in May. So that gives so, you, so, gives you an sorry, idea. Sorry, how much is it, is it expected to go for? 28, 28. million. Yeah. So, and they said that he bought it 10 years ago. Yeah. So, so Paul, what do you figure he actually yeah, paid for maybe, it then? maybe paid for yeah. it 10 years ago? He probably paid about f- between 4 to 5 million. <laughs> yeah. Your anniversary's coming up. I'm just know, saying, Jerry. I, I just, you know, <laughs> you know, I just had a, a a diamond reappraised for for a client who bought it five years ago. This is a yellow, mm. and uh, between what what it what he paid for it and what it's currently going for, those type of diamonds was comfortably in the mid seventy percent range, wow. which is which is stunning. And I I actually was talking to a client who wanted an update on uh, just a one carat fancy that they'd purchased 
literally a year and a half ago, and he was looking at exactly what we've said, an increase of approximately uh, 6% a year. So he was up about 9% so far. In the so he's, he's getting close to just taking care of the tax, which is nice. Then he can start really making gravy, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, look, you, you know, the the way this market goes is, is extraordinary in terms of the increases in value. One has to appreciate, especially in Ontario, they have to pay 13% tax. Yes. So you do have to overcome that. But if you're holding it long-term for the purposes of, of increasing your net worth and increasing value in your portfolio, it's doing its job. Sometimes within a year, it's beaten that, that yep. tax. And then, of course, the longer you hold it, you start to catch up on on the gains every year, and then make, and then eventually you're compounding it as well. So, it's such a great market to be a part of, and I always feel that sense of uh, kind of like a roller coaster without the drop of just it's getting higher all the time. You yeah, know yeah, that yeah. feeling of just constantly climbing. That's what this market's market's like. Well, the strange thing is, it's not strange. Uh, when you go to our website guildhalldiamonds.com and you look at our argyle pinks. Um, I really don't care whether I sell the Argyle Pinks or whether it sits in my inventory because I can tell you right now, uh, the average price, and this is from um, the statistics on pink diamonds, in the last 10 years, they've gone up 361%. Um, we just, as Jeremy said, he, he, he had a value to diamond, uh, a yellow. One of my clients purchased a red diamond. It was my favorite diamond. I never, ever wanted to sell it, but I did about four years ago. Um, when when we sold it, the diamond was appraised, I think, for about four hundred and fifty thousand. It's a point four eight. I remember that diamond. I red. Yeah. We just had it reappraised for the client. One point one million dollars. On. The wholesale price on the diamond is nine hundred thousand dollars U.S. a carat wholesale, uh, which if you can even find, this is a V.S. diamond. So. You know, reds, obviously, and pinks, you've got to put a little bit more money out to make money. And this is what this auction is. They're expecting 23 to 25, 28 million or whatever it is. I think this diamond's probably going to go closer to $40 million. And the reason for it, look around the world. Look at the markets. Look at what's happening, how everything is collapsing. You need to be in hard assets. And a diamond, especially a vivid or an argyle diamond, a pink diamond, a yellow diamond... If you go to our website, look at yellows. We have nothing but internally flawless yellows on our website right now. Hardest diamonds in the world to find is internally flawless. In the pinks, we have VS. Pink diamonds don't come internally flawless. They normally come SI1 and SI2, which means there's a lot of inclusions. We go for the quality. We look for investment grade. We bring these diamonds to you. We estimate you're going to make an awful lot of money, but you're going to have to hold. It's not day trading. You don't day trade your house, so why would you need to day trade a diamond that's going to make you a ton of money? The guy that wanted to sell the that bought the diamond, the red, he was happy to you know sell the diamond for four hundred thousand dollars to me last month. But when it went up to a million one, all of a sudden he wanted five fifty six. So you know we know these diamonds are going to keep on going up. It's a great investment. Call us. Every appointment is private, it's confidential. We will hold your hand through the process. We will educate you. Call us for the Argyle information on the upcoming auctions. We, as I said, me and myself and Jeremy are going to, to view the Argyle tender 
uh, we're going to definitely try to buy four or five diamonds. We've already got our eye on a couple. But last year we bid on four or five diamonds and we didn't get one. Mm-hmm. The year before that we actually bid and we got three. So we know what we're looking for. We're looking for the quality. We're looking for the best. And that's what we're going to bring you. And this is one of the best investments that you're ever going to make. Guildhalldiamonds.com is the website to check that out. We're going to take a short break and get back with David Morgan. Our interview will begin after a short break. one 877 silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Precious Metal Advisor, East Door, top right corner. And the seminar happening on September 30th, 7 to 9 p.m. It'll be the Quest Trade Building at Young and Finch. Go to the website and register for the few seats that remain for that one. The Real Money Show continues. Talk Radio, AM 640. And back into the Real Money Show. Number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver Online to guildhallwealth.com. The Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit, RSP, TFSAs, all kinds of different ways to start investing. And the e-store in the top right corner of the website as well. There will be a seminar. This is happening on the 30th. It'll be at the Quest Trade Headquarters, Young and Finch in North York, 7 to 9 p.m. You want to uh, register online for the few remaining seats. Information you're going to want to get to begin investing in precious metals as well. Got to uh, thank, and we are thrilled as well, to have David Morgan back in the show, world-renowned precious metals guru to The Real Money Show. you want to get a hold of David at any time during the interview or afterwards, very simple. A couple different websites you can try, www.silver123.net and www.thesilvermanifesto.com. Well, we want to welcome back to The Real Money Show a friend of the show, David Morgan, the silver guru. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. Great. Uh, David, before we start, I want, um, if you can, talk about uh, a little bit about uh, the the book you have, as well as getting into this video about uh, the Argentina currency crisis. But let's uh, first let the listeners know about um, the Silver Manifesto. Well, Silver Manifesto is a book that was written by myself and Chris Marchese. And it's um, pretty much the Bible on silver. It definitely goes through not only the history of silver, but it goes into finance and economics, bullion banking, fractional reserve banking, and why the manipulation can be pretty well proven. And then we look at mining companies and how to evaluate a mining company. And then the last chapter is called Beyond Silver, where I question things about uh, a little on the esoteric side. I have no answers, but a lot of questions. Like, why are we in this, you know, death and debt paradigm? Why are we always warring with each other? What is the best system out there? Is it capitalism, which pretty much, you know, up until that point, the book stresses. Uh, But I'm open to other ideas. You know, why are we acting the way we are? We are, quote, unquote, civilized. So I look at three gentlemen that have proposed three different types of scenarios that could be beneficial to humanity at large and i don't want to draw on that part of the book but it's a small chapter but like all of my work it's really not to tell people what to do so much although you could infer that i do do that the real idea is to get you to think for yourself and make your own decisions based on logic and facts that are you know basically right there that a lot of people obfuscate in the mainstream media in other words you get a half-truth or a massage or data that's this, you know, spin. I used to use the word, you know, they're spinning this information. Uh, that term isn't used much anymore. So my book and Chris's book is nine months of research. And, uh, you know, there will be an updated version out probably in a year. I mean, the one that we're, we have out now is certainly uh, pretty much timeless. But we are, you know, we're academics to a degree, and we always want to make things better. So we're contemplating on doing a revised edition. 
but that's something in the back of your mind. We just put out the audio book about three days ago. Oh, I was so going to ask about that. Yeah, if you're inclined to listen to a book, um, you know, we certainly want you to have that opportunity. And, you know, stuff is never cheap. I mean, I don't want to complain, but, you know, we do have to sell a few audio books to make back the cost. But think about it. You've got to pay somebody to read every word you wrote. It's about a 300-page book. So, uh, you know, there's some expense there. But I like an audio book myself, and uh, several people asked us early on if we do the audio book, and we said, yes, we would. It took a little longer than we expected uh, due to formatting problems and going with the interfaces of Amazon and Audible. It's all been accomplished, so the book is available as a ETF down, excuse me, uh, electronic download to the Kindle app or any of those type of apps. Uh, Amazon, you can get the paperback or the Kindle version, and uh, Amazon as well, but anywhere. Uh, just type in the Silver Manifesto audio or, or uh, electronic or paperback, any of those versions that you wish. And if you're confused, just go to silvermanifesto.com. That's the easiest way. You have uh, linkages everywhere. And the only issue we have, and I have to say it because this is Canada, that to get a paperback book, Amazon does not ship to Canada. So you're going to have to buy it from us, and we charge you what it costs us to ship it and not even handling costs. And they're outrageous, and I apologize for that. Eh, you know what? We just we we download it on our on on the PDF, put it onto our iPads that have silver in it, and and there we go. We get to learn all about why we should be in these markets, or at least that's that's what I think. Yeah, you, you walk away from from the book, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Is that what a great way to learn about this market? Not just listen to you know the Real Money Show or or listen to your interviews, David, but to see what the research actually shows and why. You, you might want to have this in your portfolio. So it's great to have you back on the show. I've got a lot of questions I wanted to, to get to right away. So the, the first is, is that I've heard you talking about the recent cost of production on silver and that with the low price of oil, uh, that cost of production is now around $15 an ounce. Uh, which would put it basically at a break-even scenario for most miners. So my first question to you is, how high would silver have to rise just to be break-level, profitable, uh, base camp-level prices here for silver? I was asked that question uh, very recently on another interview. And, of course, it varies mine to mine, but we're talking you know, in general terms, which we should and can't. And in that interview, I said that $22 an ounce is probably like the minimum at current oil prices, which means if oil prices go up, then you've got to move that number up. I mean, if you go into the bonus section of the members part of the website, we have an interview I did with Dr. McGaw regarding Archie's rule. And Archie's rule gives you a strict formula to determine what your profit margin should be to be a viable business as a mining entity. And that's very useful uh, for anyone that's serious about this market. So you could actually use that metric and come out with an exact number based on whatever the spot price of any metal is, be it, you know, copper, tin, silver, whatever. Uh, But right now, those are the numbers. I'd say 22 is a minimum. And, uh, you know, again, if oil prices go up, that number moves up. Uh, So keep that in mind. Well, David, you said, well, I said something specific. But I also qualified it because oil prices, as we all know, have dropped down considerably. And, of course, it could go back up. Now, 
Now, to add to that, of course, we, we know that we're experiencing shortages in the retail market. We're experiencing it ourselves, and we hear about it, and we're seeing articles uh, discussing that all the time. Is, is, is that a result of mine production being down, or is that... M- or could that be also a result more of the demand because the price is so low? What are, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, as you know, I'm pretty well connected throughout the entire industry, top to bottom. In other words, you know, small little mining concerns to, you know, high-level mining concerns that are, you know, NYSE silver producers. Uh, and then, of course, from the uh, commodity side, not only, you know, my brokers that I know in Chicago on a first-name basis and have lunch with when I'm there, but through the uh, European markets, for the, through the refiners, through the Asian markets, through the Shanghai Exchange. So, I mean, I don't know everybody in the industry, but I'm trying to point out that when I gather data on this, it's not like I'm taking one source and making a determination with one piece of data. I factor in a lot of different sources to come to a conclusion. Right now, the best sources that I've been able to find uh, show there's still retail demand. But I want to add on to that, that the mining industry in silver has dropped noticeably, and that's two parts. One is the part of what you asked in the previous question, the low price of silver. So mines that might have been profitable a year or two or three ago are not now, so they're on hold. Or, uh, and the other part is the amount of silver that comes as a result of base metal mining, and the base metal minerals have been devastated as well. So they're curtailing this, their product as well, which means that, you know, 65 70% of the market uh, that comes from base metal production is curtailed. And the last one's recycling. When the recycling price is low, there's not as much recycling as there is when the price is high. So recycling has dropped off. Uh, primary silver mining has dropped off. And byproduct silver mining has dropped off. But... The squeeze right now is in the retail market. We have not seen it spill over into the commercial bar market yet. We'll uh, take a quick break uh, with David Morgan. Hang on. We'll be back in just a moment here. In the meantime, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Remember RSPs, TFSAs. you got the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. So many ways to start educating and investing in precious metals. The e-store on the website in the top right corner uh, as well. And the seminar. Once again, you'll want to get the few remaining seats for this. It is happening, your Precious Metal Seminar. Quest Trade, their headquarters in North York, 7 to 9 p.m. September 30th at Young & Finch. Go to the website to register for that. More of The Real Money Show coming up talk radio am 640 and back into the real money show one eight seven seven eight silver is the number if you're interested if you're wondering how you can use uh funds to start investing in precious metals rsps tfsa is a good way to start go to the website guildhallwealth.com for more details on that and the e-store as well in the top right corner back to our interview with david morgan here on the real money show David, I wanted to, to talk to you, but we've talked a little bit about the supply side here and, and why we're seeing shortages in the in the supply side. Um, given that there's a, a, a current low price in silver, we, we see that as undervalued, but it also comes across as, as quote-unquote, low sentiment. And uh, with that said, we are seeing a lot of savvy investors continuing to build their positions, but we're also seeing a new breed of investor that, in my opinion, are, are really just plain scared of the markets and want financial protection protection. Would you agree that we're in a stealth bull market? Somewhat. Uh, it's hard to quantify as you outlined. First of all, there's a lot of people that have issues around money in general, let alone you know buying gold coins or silver coins or both, because 
One, it's the only real money that's existed for thousands of years. There's not one paper currency that's lasted nearly that long. And secondly, it's a situation a lot of people just do it and keep their mouths shut. In other words, they don't. And, and that's, you know, I'm kind of in that camp. I'm very vocal because of, you know, my position in the markets. But, uh, you know, if I was just your average Joe out there that didn't have a website devoted to, you know, resources, money, metals, and mining, I certainly uh, would probably not tell anybody I was buying gold or silver or even where I acquired it for that matter. We do know from what we talked about in the previous question about the retail demand being so high, certainly there's not only believers that continue to buy on a dollar-cost average basis, but there's people that are coming into the market that are new that see it as an opportunity to exit part of their wealth from the mainstream, which means they don't have to have a counterparty which is a very, very important thing to do in today's world. And speaking on that note, um, for your subscribers to your newsletter, uh, you've been talking about a video uh, talking about the Argentinian uh, currency collapse and what can happen. The 2001 currency crisis in Argentina was a fact, and there was a documentary made about it. And I think that is the best thing that I can give to people to show them what it would be like because it's real life. It's a documentary that spanned uh, quite a bit of time to make this film and it shows everyday people and how they cope with the currency crisis. One of the things is a lot of anger in the speech over the bank, the bankers and protests about the bankers and they didn't like take their money they devalued their money, and they also, like in Greece right now, put limits on the amount of cash you could take out of the bank on any given day or week. And so this really is almost as if they're taking your money from you. It's secure in the bank, quote, unquote, but you're restricted. And, of course, then who's, who's the owner of it? If, you know, Big Brother tells you you can only get out X amount and you've got, you know, 1,000 X and you need it for your business, to pay your mortgage, or some other need, and they have the control you know, how much you can get. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is exactly what took place. And to say that it won't happen is ridiculous because it's happening again in Greece. And will it happen at some point in North America or some other part of the world? The answer is I believe it will, but belief doesn't make it a fact. But that was my best effort. It's like, well, don't take, you know, David Morgan's opinion or his ideas. Look at this documentary. So if you want to look at the documentary, there's two ways to do it. You can go to the website, silver-industry.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. We ask for a first name and an email. And we're putting this out as a public service to our weekend free email list. And we just give you the link. And if you're pretty good at searching Google, if you look for the empty ATM, you could probably find it. It was taken off of the PBS uh, website. We found it on another site, and we downloaded it and put it on our server so that we have it for posterity, and that's why you know the safest way is to go to our website and get on our free list. But if you don't want to do that and you're good with the search engine, which most everyone is, you can find it yourself. Now, David, you do have over 40 years' experience in the market, and you touched upon it before in the the last question that you get asked this all the time, but I'm going to ask you it anyway, which is, how do you see it all playing out? What do, what do you think is going to happen? Are investors going to have a, an opportunity to get into the market? 
I kind of fear personally that we could wake up one day in with an you either own it or you don't scenario when it comes to silver and the price of multiple hires, but multiples higher. But how do you see it unfolding? Well, I'm going to contradict myself and say both. I do see a day where you're probably either going to have it or you don't. But all markets move uh, according to price. The problem is in the current situation is that when there's no faith in the paper currency of the day, and if that happens the U.S. dollar, and I believe it will, then what are you going to take? Are you going to take you know dollars that you don't trust? No, but that doesn't mean you couldn't do an exchange. So you could use silver or gold to exchange for something else. In fact, going back to the Argentina model, but a lot of people they don't show this in the movie, but I read a huge. Uh, paper about that crisis and what this gentleman pointed out was that a lot of jewelry was used as barter items so like a gold chain or a gold ring or a silver chain or a silver uh you know goblet or whatever so it doesn't necessarily have to be you know a silver coin which obviously is really good because you know exactly how much it weighs etc nonetheless anything of value like that so I'm going to say, yes, there will probably be a time, and we're seeing it in the retail market right now, where either you own it or you don't own it. I mean, just because someone puts an order in to buy X amount of silver coins four weeks out doesn't mean he's necessarily going to get it. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody and say you won't. I'm 99.999% sure you will. But the point I'm making is the delivery date is pushed off into the future. And if this demand level continues on the retail side, there's nothing to say that that wouldn't be extended. So you put up your money today and you have to wait five weeks for a silver delivery or six weeks for a silver delivery. And I see, you know, you can see where I'm going. Now that makes a presupposition that there's a robust demand that continues for silver at these low, low prices. And I think that's a valid assumption, but the market knows more than anyone. So certainly, you know, it could be, that could be the case or it may not be the case. The market knows I don't. However, once there's this congestion in the market, uh, there will be an adjustment in price. And so there will be people that will want to take, you know, something for their silver or gold. So I hopefully answer that to the best of my ability where people understand what I'm saying. But until the price gets to a level where somebody's willing to exchange it for something else, no, the price squeeze will come in. And there may be people at low levels that are unwilling to part with it at, at any price until it gets to a much higher price. For example, let me just illustrate this a little bit better, perhaps. And that would be everybody that's bought silver, let's say, for the last few years at 25 or under, is extremely strong hands. And so, let's say 90, you know, most people, if not all, are unwilling to sell their silver until it gets to at least that level. Well, you can see where that would go. That would put a lot of price pressure on silver to move higher until it finally breached that that uh, zone, that level, and then you'd see some of it come back on the market. So, you know, when you play with fire, sometimes you get burned. I mean, when these paper markets control the paper price and you're willing just to set, settle for fiat, you can do a lot. But when people are unwilling to settle for fiat and break the paper paradigm and buy real and get real, then reality shines through. And I think we're closer to that today than we've ever been. Excellent. We're going to take a, a very quick break, and we'll be back with David Morgan, the Silver Guru. 
And we will take that short break, Jeremy. one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. The Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit, the e-store in the top right corner, all things available to you. And reminder as well, the seminar is happening September 30th. That is from 7 to 9 p.m. Young and Finch is the area for the Quest Trade Head Office. Go online to uh, grab one of the few seats remaining for that. Stand by. More David Morgan coming up right here on The Real Money Show. And back into The Real Money Show. If you're interested in beginning investing in precious metals, physical metals, it's very simple. Guildhallwealth.com or the number one eight seven seven eight silver That is the number to start investing. You can also use your RSP and TFSA as well. And the e-store in the top right corner of the website. We continue our interview right here with David Morgan back in The Real Money Show. We discuss fundamentals on The Real Money Show all the time. I think our listeners might be uh, bored or sick of us talking about it. But I am curious to know... From your perspective, what do you feel is the number one reason why uh, you maybe perhaps you're investing in precious metals, or why you think people should own precious metals at this time? Because governments do fail. It's that simple. I mean, silver and gold are really an anti-government uh, investment. I'm not anti-government. What I mean by that statement is that the Roman Empire fell. You know, great empires fall. They get overextended, they borrow too much, they spend too much. The main thing coming back again to the Argentina PBS documentary is that they are very, very accurate on what caused the problem. Two words, overspending. Does that ring a bell? So because of that, you need to protect yourself. Does that mean like everything goes away and it's anarchy and it's just everyone for themselves? I doubt that highly. But what it does mean is there's going to be a very big reset and there'll be uh, changes throughout the marketplace, not only on the political side, but on the economic side, the fiscal side, the monetary side, all over the place. So what I think we're going to see over the next three to five years is going to be, you know, reset sort of a cop-out word, but it, it explains that there's going to be a lot of changes in a lot of areas. I think I understand what what, what you mean because I, I, I do feel one of the things I really like about your work is you're not necessarily a doom and gloom kind of kind of guy and, and when you look at at websites that are focused on precious metals, you do get a lot of doom and gloom and you end up you end up almost the pendulum swinging too far where there's this dystopia feel that you either own silver or you're gonna be, you know, stuck with the zombies or something and that's not necessarily the case. But I do think that, you know, in 2008, when everything got swept under the rug, it was easy for people to say, yeah, we'll, we'll trust the government. They know what they're doing. But, you know, w- moving on seven years later, you feel like, wait a minute, it's starting to hit my pocketbook. And, and I don't know if I'm going to trust them this time around. Is that is that sort of the feeling here? No, I think it's excellently stated. And that's the case. I mean, more people are waking up that you know, the founding principles of the U.S. was basically to be more self-reliant, to not rely on government very much. It was the idea that, you know, you were free to uh, succeed or fail. Remember, freedom gives you the freedom to succeed, but it also gives you the freedom to fail, and that's the free market. If you invent something that the market loves, you can build some wealth for yourself and the company or whatever. And if the market says, you know, we really don't like that idea, you're going to fail. But, you know, all things considered, uh, a lot of failures turn into successes, meaning they come up with a better idea or a different idea or they modify it or whatever. So that's the real process at work. But in the system as it exists now, there's no such thing as failure. 
and uh, people are allowed to come up with you know lousy ideas that are supported for lots of reasons, and it's across the board. It's not only subsidies with crops and you know certain uh, advantages for energy producing companies, and on and on. It's just ridiculous how far it's gone. So yes, you were very accurate in saying that the overall feeling from 2008 till now that most people, whether they admit it or not, feel it, and they feel the fact that things are not right, and I don't know that all those people in charge are, one, know what they're doing, and they absolutely do not, and secondly, that you should rely on them, and maybe I should rely on myself, because once you step over that boundary where you actually call up somebody and you buy you know, physical silver or gold or both for somebody, you've actually committed to your innermost self, your knowledge, that you know something could go wrong, not that it would go wrong. And even if things go quote-unquote wrong, that doesn't mean it's absolute, like you referred to, you know, zombie land. I don't think we're going to see that. But I do think we're going to see a huge rethink from the population, from the ground level up on what are we doing here. Again, I go kind of into that in the book, uh, you know, in the chapter Beyond Silver, because these are questions that really should be asked in the political debates in Canada and in the United States, and they're really not. You know, it's all about, um, you know, mainstream stuff that's kind of rehearsed and redone over and over again. But the real core issues that affect most people are money, and no one ever talks about that. Now, Ron Paul did in the last election, but, you know, he's been marginalized, and, of course, he's out of politics now. But it's a topic that affects everyone, but it's very seldom, if ever, addressed. Yeah, I think I think it's it's easy to just let things go by, but I, I I personally do think that people can wake up very quickly and and decide. Well, wait a minute, I'm not getting enough information, and once they become a little more self reliant, I think, uh, you know, I notice personally that a lot of people who will invest in precious metals, we see a lot of entrepreneurs, for instance, who deal with the government and deal with taxes and and um, healthcare and things like this. So they they sort of see that encroachment of government and they say, well, wait, I want to I want to control my own destiny here. And one of the great things, of course, that we think on the show is that there is that no counterparty risk. You're you're not you're not beholden to a bank or beholden to a company when you're investing in this. But it is a store of value at the at the end of the day. David, I, I'd like to indulge uh, looking into the crystal ball, if, if I may. Um, you know, it's something you always have to do when, when you get a, a good expert on the show. So given the debts and the, the flood of fiat currency created in recent years, uh, how, how high do you think silver could potentially go? And maybe we'll divide that into sort of a, a base camp level and a given where things co- could go, you know, if we look at a 1980 scenario of, of where perhaps silver's true value could be in the future. Well, there's several ways to answer it. So I'll answer one with what I've written in the early 2000s in my first book, Skinny on Silver Investment. In that book, I said $100 U.S., there's a gentleman, Chris Weber, who's a great thinker, and he writes a newsletter. It's not very well known, but he uh, actually wrote for Jerome Smith, who was the previous silver guru. And I use that terminology tongue-in-cheek pretty much, but you know it's okay to call me that. I don't mind at all. And he wrote a an article about it being $200 silver, and that's available for our members on the uh, special bonus report section of the of the protected part of the website. But uh, if you look at, let's say we had a stable currency, 
and that, uh, you know, <clears throat> there was a real, honestly backed monetary system. Well, in that case, you can make an argument for, you know, a good profit margin for most miners at, let's say, 30 or 35 an ounce. And, you know, that would be a fair price. But that's not what we have. We have a very distorted system that we've talked about the whole time on this interview. And because of that fact, it's almost impossible to put a paper price on it because, in theory, it could go to infinity. Now, I doubt it. Most currency crises don't go to the point where the currency is failing at absolute zero. What happens is there is a psychological shift that happens in 1% or 2% of the population that doesn't trust the currency and refuses to accept it. And that psychology shifts very, very quickly, usually. And so what takes place is that you have the inability to clear a transaction, which is actually what happened in 2008 for a very, very brief time. But we don't have time to go into the mechanics of that right now. So I think, you know, 100 is a good level, but I think people are more important or more, it's more important for people to understand the idea than what the price is because a paper price could vary a great deal depending on how the currency crisis manifests. What's more important, I think, is maybe look at it historic means. If you look at the 1800s and or up to some of the 1900s, early 1900s, a dollar a day was a good wage, really good wage. So a dollar is a silver dollar, and that's three quarters of an ounce. So if you look at three quarters of an ounce of silver being worth what you work for as a middle-class person uh, being your wage, then you could ex- extrapolate that number and find out what it is in value, not necessarily in paper terms. Well, if you wish, you could use paper terms. If you go back into, like, the Roman era, it would be about a tenth of that amount. Basically, a silver denarius is what you were paid as a soldier in a Roman army, and that's roughly a tenth of an ounce of silver, and that was a day's wage. So if you use that metric, you would find out what the value was in those days. So you have those two metrics to use and to think about. Again, you know, my purpose usually is to get people to think. So I think that's a question that I'll leave open that people can think about, but if you think about it in those ways, and how valuable silver is today, not only as protection or wealth enhancer or potentially increasing your, your wealth, but also what it is technologically. It is the most important metal because it conducts heat better than any metal. It reflects light better than any metal. And because of those properties and how valuable it is economically and low-priced, that it is the essential metal or the indispensable metal. You know, you're talking about getting people to think, and I'm starting to think right now that one of the problems with a base camp level of 35 is that if silver were to rise to 35, even even just to 35, I think it would be an indicator of perhaps what kind of trouble the currencies might be in and per, and propel it to those $100 or higher levels, which has put us in the situation we're in right now. So uh, a bit sick. Uh, cyclical or circular if you if you will on on that point david how can people get get in touch with you and get more information on precious metals um again the the silver manifesto as well as the newsletter great well the book 
the Silver Manifesto, we have a website set up. It's called thesilvermanifesto.com, or you can just go to Amazon, type it in, or you can just Google it. So just uh, Google the Silver Manifesto. As far as the uh, website, uh, again, if you want to get the free uh, fill on the empty ATM, you can go to the website. Just scroll to the bottom, put it in your name and an email, and we're going to send that out to everybody over the next couple of weeks. We do that once a week. We update everybody for free. And then on the serious investors, there's three levels of service. I mean, there's the consultation level, which is the mastermind program, which is pretty pricey, but that's really for people who are deep into this uh, you know, sector. Then there's the premium service where we take a camera out to all of our mind visits and let people basically follow along with us as we trudge through the deserts and jungles looking at some of these mining projects. And then there's the basic service, which is just the monthly uh, email letter, which comes out, uh, and we haven't missed one yet every month. And there's free updates on that service as well. So there's a basic service, there's a premium service, and there's a mastermind level. That's all available at silver-industrial.com. Excellent. David Morgan, always a pleasure. Great to have you on the show. Uh, So great to talk to you, and and we look forward to speaking with you real soon. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was David Morgan. Great interview, as always. What did you think? I think very well interviewed, very well done. The thing that I, that comes across to me that he write, he says, but you really don't get the point. You know, if you have a map, and the map really says, this is the route you take, this is where the river is, this is where the mountains are, you really can't trust the map until you're on the terrain. The terrain tells you that the mountain is... You know, it's steep, it's muddy, it's this, it's that, and you have to work accordingly. <laughs> you mean until you get on that gravel road and you realize, yeah, oh my God, this and, this and you're wearing this high, should be a two-hour drive with but it's the wife, be four. and you've got high hills, and you're in, you know, up to your knees in mud. The terrain tells you what's happening, and the markets right now is the terrain. So, if you look at today, Caterpillar announced five thousand layoffs last week, week before Hewlett Packard, thirty thousand layoffs. They're saying right now that the Dow for the 2015 and 2016, the earnings are not going to be there. We've had a lot of free money. The Fed produced free money, gave it to Wall Street. It didn't give it to the individual. It gave it to Wall Street. It gave it to the banks. The average person has not done well in the stock market. I don't care whether it's the Canadian stock market or the U.S. stock market. You have to look after your own portfolio and your own capital. Everybody has life insurance, I hope, car insurance, home insurance. Why not insure your wealth? And one of the ways to do that is own hard assets. You should have 15 to 20% of hard assets in your portfolio, whether it's gold, whether it's silver, whether it's natural fancy colored diamond, because this is going to help you along the way. Because if these markets do happen to collapse, Or as David says, the fiat currencies collapse. You know, you need to have these hard assets in your portfolio. And of course, you can buy allocated, segregated, physical silver with Guildhall, whether you're buying it directly through the e-store, or you can do that within an RSP or registered account, or you can just simply uh, call us, purchase it, and take it home. So feel free to touch base with us, and we look forward to uh, meeting you soon. Got to thank David Morgan for his time here on The Real Money Show. You'll want to get a hold of him. His website's www.silver123.net, or you can try www.thesilvermanifesto.com. 
Realtor.com. That'll pretty much wrap it uh, for us too, fellas. In the meantime, until you join us next week, the number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver Online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure, make sure you get the precious metal advisor, the investor kit. You can start investing as well at the top right corner of the website with the e-store. And there's also ways to use your RSP room and your TFSA as well. You can call or go to the website for more details. And finally, I'll give you one last time for this week. That seminar is happening. It's filling up quickly. It is the Precious Metal Seminar with Quest Trade. Their uh, headquarters at Young & Finch. It is uh, September 30th, 7 to 9 p.m. you got to register online to get the last few remaining seats for that one. Take it for another week. This has been The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM 640.